Hey mama, stop what you're doing right now and join my birth classes. It is open enrollment and it's a special one because we have added some extra new bonuses just for you. And hint, hint, don't forget that insurance may reimburse you and you can also use your HSA or your FSA to pay for birth classes. So it's a no brainer. If you join this week, you're gonna get not only a huge discount by using the code BIRTHQUEEN, all in caps, cause you know you are, but you're also going to get six or seven bonuses. Bonus number one, you're gonna get 30 days free in my mama membership, which is where all the magic is happening. After 30 days, you can leave us if you want, boo hoo. Or you can stay with us for 19 a month. And some of my mamas stay with me for years, if that tells you anything. You're also gonna get bonus number two, which is my newborn academy. Bonus three, the birth coach class. Bonus four, the postpartum recovery roadmap class, along with some other bonuses. And if you join by Friday night at midnight, you're gonna get my birthing waves, which is a brand new course and it's guided meditations for labor and beyond. Brand spanky new and I'm so excited to welcome you in. Don't forget, we hang out with all of our students every Wednesday. We have a pregnancy hangout via Zoom where you get to see my face and my doulas every single Wednesday. I'll see you on the inside. Go to labornursemama.com forward slash the word calm, C-A-L-M, labornursemama.com forward slash calm. I'll see you on the inside. But looking back on that that birth, it was so clear to me as to why I had that little stall in labor or that little setback. And it all had to do with the fact that I got super anxious and super fearful and didn't understand what was happening to me and letting that pain take over my mind. And so then that's when I realized that having that extra constant support there would have made the difference in how my birth would have become. Welcome to the Birth Experience Podcast. I'm Trish Ware, a longtime labor and delivery RN turned online birth educator slash virtual doula. I've had the amazing privilege of delivering many, many babies in my 16 plus year career as a labor and delivery nurse. And as a mom of seven, I'm here to help you take the guesswork out of childbirth so you can make the choices that are right for you and your baby and write the birth story of your dreams. So hit subscribe and let's replace your anxiety and fear with complete confidence. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not replace your medical advice from your provider. Check out our full disclaimer at the bottom of the show notes. Hello, Taylor. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and chatting with us a little bit about hiring a doula and telling us all the details we need to know about a doula. I am so excited to have you here. Taylor is our resident doula here at Labor Nurse Mama, and chances are if you send us a DM or you send us an email or... Or if you're one of our students, you're going to be chatting with Taylor. So hello, Taylor. Hi, thank you so much to have me on here. I'm so excited. I feel like the concept of a doula is sort of new. And so just answering all these questions so people can really understand what it is I do and why I do it. I mean, I get asked all the time when people say like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a doula. They're like, what is a doula? Like, where did that come from? (laughs) 
So I'm so excited to kind of answer all of those questions. That's such a foreign concept to me because a doula has been so ingrained in my world. So Mm -hmm. the thought that someone doesn't know what a doula is mind boggling to me. I would love for you to share your birth experience. I always like asking my guests to tell their birth experience. And especially when I'm talking with someone who works in the birth related field, because I feel like a lot of us are led into this field because of our birth experience. For sure. Yeah. So my daughter is going to be four in August and I was what I thought was pretty knowledgeable leading into Ivy's birth. Um, I've always kind of been birth obsessed. I was like obsessed as a kid watching the birth story on TLC. And I feel like that's kind of like where my interest got into it. And I knew that I wanted to end up somewhere in the field. Um, And when it came time for Ivy's birth, we had planned a home birth. And the process of that was like ongoing through my pregnancy. I was pretty gung-ho from the beginning of wanting a home birth. I kind of had to convince Dave into it. I had to take him to a home birth information night with my midwives um, and let him watch the business of being born, the documentary. And then he was hooked. And then he was like, we're doing this. So we had planned a home birth and... Everything in my pregnancy was super low risk and easygoing. Um, And with Ivy's labor, I had an extremely long early labor. So I was a classic, like contraction started out 10 to 20 minutes apart. And during the afternoon and the evening, they kind of didn't fade out at all. And so I was up laboring all that night. The next morning when I woke up, the midwife came to our house. She checked me and she was like, it's baby day. And I was like, yes, like we're going to have a baby today. And so she instructed me, you need to go rest, like take your gravel, take your Tylenol, go have your nap. Um, Cause I've been up all night laboring. So I did that. And when I woke up from my nap, I had realized that like I hadn't had a contraction in probably over an hour. And I was like, what the heck? Like I had just been contracting all night and I was mad. I was determined like this is baby day. I'm having my baby today. Like my labor is not stopping. Um, So as a doula now, this is when I would tell my clients, you need to go get some rest because we know things are going to start happening again. But in my head at that point, I was so excited I was out walking the streets, doing all of the things to get labor going. Sure enough, later that afternoon, probably around 5 p.m., it was like a light switch happened. And all of a sudden, I was in full-blown active labor. Contractions were about four minutes apart. It was happened literally with a flip of a switch. Um, we called the midwife. They came over probably around 7 p.m., um, checked me, and I was five centimeters dilated. So they started setting up for the home birth. And this was the moment of being like, okay, this is real. Like this is happening. All their equipment everywhere in our bedroom. It was so peaceful, so calm. That was like my favorite part of my labor. When I look back on it, we had the Jays game playing in the background, like our diffuser going, we were just hanging out. And around midnight, my water broke. And this is where things got intense for me and where things changed and kind of where my pinpoint of like where a doula would come in handy became so clear because when things got intense and my water broke, I was immediately filled with like fear and I can't do this anymore. Um, I labored at home after my water broke for about three hours, two and a half hours, I guess I should say. Um, The midwife had checked me 
and around like two o'clock because I was getting kind of pushy with each contraction. And she had said that I was nine centimeters dilated and that it was almost time to push. And so she called the backup uh, midwife at that point and the backup midwife came and I don't remember why, but at some point she also rechecked me. And when she rechecked me, I was only, she told me I was only six centimeters dilated. And so I had a moment of being like, well, if I'm only six centimeters dilated, like I can't do this anymore. I'm exhausted. I can barely stand up. I thought I was about to have my baby. And now you're telling me I'm only six centimeters dilated. And so I wanted to transfer to the hospital. I was done. I was tired. And that's when my home birth ended in a transfer to hospital. Ivy ended up being born in 20 minutes arriving at the hospital. It was super fast, super intense, definitely was in transition in the car. Um, and she arrived very quickly once we were there. But looking back on that that birth, it was so clear to me as to why I had that little stall in labor or that little setback. And it all had to do with the fact that I got super anxious and super fearful and didn't understand what was happening to me and letting that pain take over my mind. And so then that's when I realized that having that extra constant support there would have made the difference in how my birth would have become. Um, and I also had this idea that having a midwife meant that I was going to have that constant support. That's what I thought I was hiring. But my midwife spent more time on my couch sleeping because she had just came off of like three births. So every time she came to check me, she would go back down to catch a quick 30 minute nap. Um, so yeah, that birth led me to really understand what a doula does and what a doula would have done for my birth. So that was my first question. What is a doula? <laughs> a doula is a birth professional who focuses on the emotional and physical support of the birthing person and the partner. So we are not medically trained professionals. We are birth professionals who are trained on labor positions, the progression of labor, and the emotional side of labor. I think that's such a great way to explain the doula. I know for me as a labor and delivery nurse throughout my career, I've seen this like push and pull between the staff and a doula. And the the thing about a doula and the thing about a labor nurse is that we should be working together as a team. And that's what I love about your relationship inside of of Call Mama Society, which is our private student community, because we're a pretty rare team, you and I, because I'm the labor nurse and I bring the medical side and you're the doula and you bring that side. I mean, a lot of people consider me like a hippie labor nurse, so I definitely have a doula aspect to me, but I really love that you're saying that like your main goal is her and her well-being, and her ability to achieve escape during the labor pain, her ability to stay focused during her labor, and to stay the track, whatever that track looks like for her. So I love that. Yeah, I think it's important that people understand that we're not medically trained professionals, and we're not there to replace the labor nurse in the room. Doulas need to understand that and labor and delivery nurses need to understand that as well. Like I respect your education and your knowledge and I'm not there to try to pretend like I am a labor nurse. 
But I know you've had incidents with doulas who probably have that mentality walking into a birth space. And I think that that is almost dangerous in a sense. And also labor nurses who aren't accepting to the doulas because I've had that experience as well. And it really can offset that energy that we know is so important in that birth room. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because you and I have had this conversation with our students. So inside of my birth classes, we do weekly hangouts with our students. And it might be me, it might be me and Taylor, it may just be Taylor. But every week, our students hang out with someone who is a birth professional, whether it's a labor nurse or a doula. And we've talked before about the relationship with a labor nurse and a doula. And What I've seen throughout my career is either we work really well together and it's amazing. I've also seen where I feel like when the doula and the patient come in, there's this air of us against them. And I've seen some labor nurses who walk into the room and it's us against them. And I don't care where the hostility or the attitude, or whatever it is, where it's coming from, the whole point is this is her birth room. And no matter where the negativity is coming from, it's going to affect her birth experience. And we need to work as a team because ultimately our goal from either side is that she has an incredible birth experience. And I love that We work together so well, and I love that we're talking about this and breaking down some barriers because I've I've told my girls and I've told Taylor that I had an experience one time with a doula that she came in expecting that I was going to do this, that, and the other. And I mean, my girls know I prepare them for a lot of the roadblocks that you will encounter in the birth experience because unfortunately... Our culture is that it's a medical experience, but it's not. It's a natural process. So for me personally, because like people consider me like a hippie nurse doula, um, is when someone comes in and assumes that I'm going to push interventions, that I'm not going to advocate for her, that I'm not going to fight like hell for her, when I know myself and a lot of other labor nurses We are going to advocate for you. We are going to fight for you. We do not want unnecessary interventions for you. We want you to experience the natural process of your birth. And I'm not talking about unmedicated versus medicated. I'm talking about interventions. And so I think that once we all get on the same page and realize it's all about her, whether you're the provider, the nurse, or the doula. It's not about us in any way. It's about her and how can I personally use my skills to make her birth a better birth experience. And I think that's what's good about you and I being able to coach our students and talk to our students and and tell them like we both tell them if you're if you're getting a doula, you need to interview her. So that's the next thing I want to say to you. If someone is thinking about hiring a doula, what steps do you recommend that they take? love that you encourage your students to interview multiple doulas because that's actually something that I ask when people come to interview me is, have you talked with other doulas? Are you interviewing other doulas? Because it is so important that you're not just 
it's the same thing when you teach your students how to interview their care providers and search for the right care provider. It's the same process with someone who's going to be in that birth atmosphere with you. Um, the first steps you need to take in order to find a doula is can look like many things. You can reach out to your local mom's group, ask for recommendations. That's a really great way to find a personal recommendation for a doula. You could search through agencies in your area and a quick Google search should pop up some doulas in your area. Then you want to go through that interview process. You want to make sure that you are interviewing multiple of them. My estimate is like three. I would recommend that you're at least talking to three of them. I love that you mentioned looking in local moms groups because that's exactly what I always say is go to Facebook, like Nashville has a Nashville moms group and get real opinions. And if they say, oh yeah, I had so-and-so for a doula, I, you know, say, well, why do you recommend her? What did you love about her? How was she during labor? What was she like after? All of those things. And I love that we both agree on interviewing because I think you have to make sure this is someone that you can relate to for hours because this is an intimate event. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and I tell people that it's like, I'm going to be there on the most important day of your life. Like you're never going to forget your birth and I'm there. So you need to make sure that our personalities are compatible. And I've had clients interview me and then go with another doula that's in my area. And I'm aware of that. And I'm okay with that. Because I also am not going to hire or take on a client um, that I don't feel like I'm compatible with because I mm -hmm. understand the depth of this work and how important it is. And mm -hmm. if you have a good birth worker and a good doula, we're not in it for the money. We're in there mm -hmm. to make a difference in that day for you and to be there with you. So I'm okay with that interviewing process. And I want to make sure that you are talking to other doulas to know who is going to be the most compatible with you because we're going to make a difference. Yeah, exactly. And I like that because you know that I teach our students to also be comfortable with firing their labor and delivery nurse. And it's the exact same reason. If you're not connecting, and even more importantly, if you feel like she's condescending or she's flat out like disrespecting your birth plan or you, or you're just not vibing, it's okay to ask for another labor nurse. Okay. So tell me what are some of the ways that a doula can help you during early labor? Like, do you go there from the get go? Yeah, my that's early labor is like my favorite part of being a doula. And it's kind of backwards than how most doulas operate, I find, because we're told in our training that you need to arrive at the hospital in active labor because they don't want you there for 24 hours or whatever the case is. But I just decided like this is why I work for myself is so that I don't need to follow those rules because early labor, I feel like is so sacred and special and can lead the path for how active labor and transition go. So I join my clients in early labor. Sometimes that looks like I pop over to their house for a couple hours in the afternoon. We do some double hip squeezes. We go for a walk. We do some curb walking. We use the rebozo. Then I go back home and I have dinner and we see where the night takes us. 
or maybe I go there in early labor, I end up sleeping on their couch because I have a good gut feeling that active labor is going to kick in in the middle of the night and I'd rather be there. Like, I don't get myself into this rigid, I need to enter their birth at this stage. Their contractions need to be this far apart before I get there. If my client needs me, I'm there. And usually that is an early labor because you get that like, oh my gosh, it's happening. What do I do? So having that sense of calm enter your birth space at that point, I have found has made such a difference. And when I get feedback from my clients on like my role in their birth, they're often reflecting on early labor. So that is like my favorite time in birth is to set the path for a successful active labor get them in a really good mindset, get them really excited, emotionally support the partner as well, make sure that they're feeling calm, they're feeling confident, that they have everything ready. So I love early labor as a doula. And how do you determine if you really should go over or not? How do you know? I That is based off of usually like looking at their contraction patterns as well. I'm not going to go over there if they've had three contractions in the last hour. Um, So we're in close contact with myself and my clients in early labor. So we're FaceTiming, we're voice memoing. I can hear it in their voice. I want to watch them through a contraction on FaceTime. So I will call the partner and I'll be like, hey, set up the phone on the counter. Like I want to see how she's laboring through that contraction. And that's usually how I determine if I'm heading to their house or not. Also, again, emotionally, like if my client calls me in early labor and she's a mess, she's super anxious, she's nervous, I can hear it in her voice. I know it's important for me to get over there because I need to get her calmed down, especially if I feel like I can't do that virtually. Have I ever told you about the time I was a doula for one of my friends? No. (laughs) Okay, so you'll appreciate this. So this was years ago. Gosh, how old is he now? I, it, it's been a while. We knew each other from church and she was having baby number three and she wanted to go unmedicated. She had had epidurals with the first two. And she asked me if I would be like her doula support person. So the plan was that I was going to come over to her house, labor her, go to the hospital with her. We were going to keep her home as long as possible. And then you know, I would stay with her through the delivery. So 40 weeks, I think it was exactly 40 weeks. It was a Tuesday night. She calls me and she's like, hey, I had just gotten home from work. So it was like eight or nine at night. She's like, hey, I I think I'm in labor, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I want you to go lay down and then call me back in a couple hours and let's reevaluate. So she never called me back, right? The next Tuesday to the day, 41 weeks, her husband calls me and he said, you know, I think she's in labor. And I was like, well, let me talk to her. And he said, she doesn't want to talk to you. And I was like, okay, I'm going to come over. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I got over there and of course I did something that you're not going to do. I did a cervical exam and she was five. She was super thin, like 90%. And I could feel that baby. He was like at a zero station, right? So I was like, okay, um, I don't trust you right now. So I want you to go ahead. Let's get ready. She said, no, I've been five for a couple weeks. So I texted her midwife and she said, yeah, she's been five for a couple weeks. And I was like, yeah, I'm feeling the bag of water and I'm feeling the head like I'm not comfortable. 
she wants to take a shower. She said, well, just go ahead and let her take a shower and then head in. So we went ahead. We padded up my back seats because I was going to drive them to the hospital. And I knew her water was going to break. So she goes and takes a shower. She's in the shower. Her husband and I are dying laughing and joking around. She comes out and she's like, and I was like, wait, 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 what, 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 what? So I'm standing there with one glove on because I was going to check her before we got in the car. And I was like, get in the bed. And she was like, oh my God, like totally pushing. And so she gets in the bed. I put my hand in there and it's all head and a fist and a fist. And so I'm like very, like, I I think I'd only been a labor nurse for not long at that point. And not long enough to be super comfortable with delivering a baby at home. That's mm, for sure. Right. And so I, my knees are shaking. I yell to her husband because all all clarity has gone out the window at this point. Oh, yeah. I yell, you're going to love this. I yell to her husband, get a shoestring. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell I was thinking. I was just like out of it. And so I'm like, oh my God, I can see the top of the head. I see the fist. So I kind of like put my hand in there, gently guide the fist back a little. And out comes this ginormous purple faced baby. He's so purple because he hit the pelvis and slammed out, right? So I am at this point, he's already called, we've called 911. I am like waiting for them to come in so I can go in the bathroom and barf. I've got amniotic fluid, vernix, blood all over me because I only had one glove on, right? Mm -hmm. And this baby is purple, so I'm stimulating, but he really was just bruised, but I was too freaking out of my head to assess it. Like, yeah, yeah, I wasn't thinking like a labor nurse. I was thinking like, oh my God, my friend just delivered her baby on me. So the paramedics get there, right? And they all come in and her husband's like, yeah, she's a labor and delivery nurse. They all stop moving, go against the wall and wait. And one of them hands me a scalpel to cut the cord. I was like, oh no, 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 no. I'm done. Like I'm done right now. Like, so it was like, oh my gosh. And then when we got to the hospital, they were all like, like basically talking about the home birth midwife and the home birth people. And, and I'm like, I am a labor and delivery nurse. I did not mean for this to happen. Like we were trying, like I was trying to make sure like they all knew, like I didn't intend this. This was not intentional. Yeah. I'm sure some of the hospital staff thought it was like, did they think they thought it was for sure. And then on top of it, they weren't assessing her properly. They weren't rubbing her fundus. They weren't checking. I told them because when the placenta delivered, I could tell that it there was pieces missing and I told them that but they're thinking I'm a home birth doula and I don't know what I'm talking about which is ridiculous because you and I both know that home birth midwives or midwife know probably a lot more than a lot of people and so I am like, no, you need to. So the resident like very condescendingly grabs the placenta because of course we brought it and goes over and is looking at it and basically dismisses me. Well, my friend ended up having to go back in for a DNC because she had retained placenta. Yes. So fast forward next baby. She asked me to be her doula. I said, I'll meet you at the hospital. Guess what? I met her at the hospital. She had a brand new labor nurse. I told her, I said, "If, if she stops talking, 
get your delivery set up. She stopped talking. I'm telling the nurse, get your stuff. She's going to have the baby. She doesn't listen to me. I tell her husband, grab me gloves. I delivered that baby. Oh my gosh. It wasn't, it wasn't even my hospital that I worked at. Anyway, now that I've interrupted the flow of the doula thing, but no, that was hilarious. my, that was, that was my experience at a doula. I do not recommend that. Yeah, no, that we don't do that, but I'm like waiting for the day. I had one client who had a history of a very, very fast birth and I didn't make it to the hospital in time. And I thought I was like, if she had called me and I had like gone to her house, I would have been you in that situation. But her husband yeah. got her to the hospital. I walked through the labor and delivery doors and all the nurses were laughing at me. And I was like, this is like not in a doula friendly hospital in our area too. All the labor nurses were laughing at me and I'm like, what? Like, do I have something on my face? Like, why are you laughing at me? And they were like, oh, there's your client in there with her baby. And I'm like, what? So I have missed one birth because it went so fast. Yeah. No, it happens. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty intense, but you know, it, it taught me a lot as a labor nurse for, especially the second birth, not the first one, but the second one really taught me a lot because I watched as the staff did not assess the patient's emotional status mm -hmm. or listen to me. I did not, I, when I am at bedside with a friend or what have you, I don't ever tell the staff that I'm a labor and delivery nurse because I don't want, especially that nurse, she was brand new and I didn't want her to feel yeah. uncomfortable. And so I had literally just come from a shift at my hospital, went there, and um, they judged me as the doula. And so even when they called, she called the charge nurse and she said, the doula said that the patient's ready to deliver. And I could tell they were like snickering. And sure enough, mm -hmm. we had a baby. I delivered. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And that's the frustrating part for doulas is just that general consensus of that we're trying to know it all in that birth room. And I think that that's why it's important for both doulas and nursing staff to walk into that room without any generalized conception of what that other person mm -hmm. is going to be in that birth space. I agree. Because I've had really negative experiences with labor nurses too. But look, I'm working for one. Like yeah. I'm on your team. Like I don't hate all labor nurses, you know? Yeah. So I have to go into every birth with the idea of like this this nurse is not out to get my patient. I have to give them a chance. I have to give them a clear slate, but it's incidents like that, that doula is here. And it's hard because mm -hmm. we're like, as if you have a doula like myself, like I am not going to pretend I have any medical advice. Like even with our students in our community, when there's a question that comes through that's medically inclined, I'm like, no, like I, I don't have any right to be answering those. Mm -hmm. I have no medical education. Yeah. That's on you. I'm not going to pretend like I am. That's dangerous. So when you go into a patient's room, do you have, uh, so let me flip this to see what your side of this is. So what I do when my patient has a doula is I go in and I'm like, oh my goodness, I am so happy that you have a doula. Having a doula increases your chances of a successful vaginal delivery, increases your chances of low interventions, decreases your perception of pain. I let them know that I am so happy that they're there. And then I'm like, I love to work with my unmedicated patients. But since you have a doula, I will be here however you need me to be. I'm here to help you guys and take care of you. And 
I just try to create a sense of we are all just here. Mm -hmm. We're working together. That way, if I have a doula, like the one who made me feel horrible that, you know, because <laughs> I had this, mm -hmm. you know, the one that made me feel like I was against, like I was against my patient. And I even had to take her out of the room and say, hey, if push comes to shove and someone needs to save this patient and this baby patient, it's going to be me. You need to make sure she yeah. trusts me. But I try to, to create this environment so they know that because I've seen it. I've seen when labor nurses are hostile to the doula and it it it's so uncomfortable, but I, I've seen it the other way around as well. So do you have like kind of a way that you kind of butter up or nurture the labor nurse so she knows that like you're not there to threaten her domain or what have you? Yeah, it's kind of the same way that you're doing it in terms of setting the atmosphere with myself is like, I'm a pretty personal person. So I like want to get to know the labor nurse. Like I just chat them up in the sense of like, look, like I want to get to know you. I want to chat with you. Like how long have you been working here? Like, you know, like I want, I'm not going to ignore that you're in the room, which is how I often feel as a doula is that the medical staff aren't even making eye contact with me. Like I'm not even existent and they're not trying to get to know me. They're not trying to acknowledge my name. Like a lot of the times it's not even like, hey, nice to meet you. What's your name? Like that is so simple. That is common. I don't even get that, Taylor, because I, that has never been myself. I've always gotten to know everyone in the room, even if it's a birth photographer, like I, that to me is like just common courtesy. And when, right. when I do birth plan consultations with our students at the top, I put their support team and I put whoever's going to be in the room. And if it's a doula, I put the doula's name and I put that assuming that the staff would want to know that. So for you saying that, literally blows me away and makes me so sad for other labor nurses that they're just not even showing common courtesy to this mama and her team. Yeah. And those few negative experiences that I've had in that sense, I've had to push out of my head to move forward and to give every single person a chance. Now I will say, I'm not sure if it's like, this is a good question. So I'm not sure if it's like this in the States, but I actually do have a minimal interaction here with labor nurses because a lot of my clients work with midwives. And when we have midwives, labor nurses aren't in and out of our room. Um, At all? Unless it's near. It's no, like if I, if my clients have a midwife and we're in the hospital setting, the, it's only midwives taking care of that patient. Oh, no, that's not the, in the States. Until the end where the midwives maybe are going to do the charting and then maybe a labor nurse will come in and help out in that sense. Or if something is happening in the labor that they need an extra set of hands, they'll pull a labor nurse from the floor. What about for delivery? It's two midwives. I'm so blown away right now. I can't even, that is not how it is in the U.S. In the U.S., for the most part, now there are exceptions, which you've heard me talk about to our students that I call, there's midwife, there's nurse midwives, and then there's doctor mm -hmm. midwives. So what I would consider a nurse midwife, she's going to be in the room a lot more. She might even be in there the entire time they're pushing but for the most part in the States, it's always your labor nurse. And then the provider, no matter what type, comes in for delivery. 
Yeah, no, that's not like we still operate in the same sense. But if you hire a midwife, if you hire a midwife here, that midwife is with you from the moment you arrive at the hospital. So you're calling them on a pager and they'll like arrive at the hospital with you. Um, where you will see a nurse come into play there is say that midwife has multiple patients on the floor. They will use a labor nurse to go check on the patient or something, but your main care is your midwife. And then near the end, it, again, like it's like they can pull the labor nurses from the floor to come help out. So if they needed a backup in delivery, the labor nurse will come in. But I, when my clients have midwives, I have very, very, very minimal interaction with a labor nurse. Like That's I may go so through the whole crazy. birth and not see them. If they have an OBGYN, then it's like that. Then I'm with the labor nurse the whole time and then the OBGYN will come in for delivery. But that's not how it is with midwives here. There's a lot of guesswork in pregnancy. You don't want to be in a lot of pain. You don't want to tear. Who does? You really don't care what your cousin's sister-in-law's friend Sally did for her birth. You want to choose your path. So jump into our weekly pregnancy updates and grab your free pregnancy and postpartum bundle checklist now and get all the details you need to know. We're going to help you stay organized during each trimester of pregnancy. There's no need to get overwhelmed and frustrated with all the suggestions that are out there. Do not Google search. We've helped you take the guesswork out of everything that needs to get done before the baby comes. Discover what all moms need to know to be ready for each trimester, the pre-birth mystery, and postpartum preparation. Plus, you'll be ready for each stage with the weekly education that we're going to send you. Get instant access now. The link is in the show notes. Wow. And so just because, and this may not be interesting to my listeners, but who admits the patient and who starts the IV and who does the cervical exams and all of that? It's the midwife? So the midwife. So if they get to the hospital at the same time as the um, as their patient. So if my client was working with a midwife and planning a home, like planning a hospital birth, and she goes into labor and I go to her house in early labor and then her contractions are like 411. We would we would page the midwife. They would either come assess her at home and then determine that we're going to the hospital or they may say, hey, Wait, we'll they meet come you at to the, the house. The midwives will come to the house. Yep. I am so blown away right now. So our midwives, they either work in the hospital or they're home midwives. The home midwives are not licensed to go into the hospital. If they come in, it's going to be in a doula capacity. Yeah. So midwives here, um, depending on the hospital, they have permissions at certain hospitals. So they, but they would come to your home and like check you or determine Wow. Whether or not to go to the hospital and then they go to the hospital with you. So like a good example is even like, you know, how a couple of weeks ago, my sister or my sister-in-law had the flare up of her gallstones. Well, we paged the midwife because she was having pain. The midwife met her at the hospital to get assessed for that. Oh, wow. Um, for that pain. Now, will she stay in her care now that she has some high risk? No. So now okay. she's switched to OB and OB care. 
But she can also access the aftercare for midwives because midwives do home visits for us. Like they'll do three home visits after um, the baby is born. So even though she's having an OB delivery, the midwife will still come to her home for the 24, 48 hour, whatever checkup. Okay. So for all of my American students and listeners, who pays for this? Our government. (laughs) I really our just, healthcare. We don't yeah. we don't pay anything. Like I didn't it didn't I didn't cost me a dime. What about to have for home IV. birth? Nope, doesn't cost a dime. You the only thing that's gonna mm-hmm. cost to have a home birth is the supplies. Like if you wanted to rent the birth pool or they give you like a list of supplies that you should have, like the doggy pee pads and some garbage bags and some paper towel, but that's like the supplies that you're purchasing, but they it doesn't cost us anything to have a baby, whether you're in hospital or anything. Okay, so we're doing another episode on okay. the differences because yeah. this is incredible, like seriously, mm-hmm. totally different it's than the It's so US. different. That's why it's so crazy to me to be inside of your community, seeing people all over the states and all over the world right. and how different it is than mm-hmm. what it's like here because there are some major differences. That, that's, that in itself is a major difference because midwives do not labor you. They deliver. Mm-hmm. Here, unless you're a home midwife or a really special midwife who might come in, let me let me just say that's not the norm for midwives or OBs here. However, I have worked with some incredible midwives and OBs who um, maybe they've bonded with their patients, or that's just their norm, and they're way more hands-on and present. But it's kind of the difference with me and some of my labor nurse friends that I adore and are incredible labor nurses. But I've told you before, I get ragged on all the time because I am literally in my patient's room all day if she wants Mm -hmm. me in there because I'm the same way as you. Like I'll see baby pictures from the other kids. I'll see nursery pictures, baby shower pictures. We'll talk names. We do all these things. Mm -hmm. And that's just my personality, which is what I love about our community is that we get to know them. As much as they want us to know them, we get to know them. And that's how I am with my patients as well. Okay. So back to the topic of doulas now that I've gotten blown away. I kind of mentioned some of the benefits of having a doula. So maybe you can kind of talk about that as well. Like what is science and studies and evidence show about a mama who has the presence of a doula? Yeah. So evidence shows that a birthing person who has the presence of a continuous support, whether it's a doula or like a really well-educated support person, lowers your chance of interventions, decreases the chance of cesarean, and lowers the chance of birth trauma. So those three things alone, if those aren't reasons to Mm -hmm. find a way to hire a doula or get a well-educated birth person... I'm not sure what is because those are the three things that we see come up all the time. We know Mm -hmm. that birth trauma, the increase in birth trauma is outstanding. We know that the increase in interventions is astronomical and the C-section rates are sky high. So if having a continuous support person, if evidence shows that that can decrease your chance of all three of those things, that's pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I love that you mentioned that It can also be a birth partner who is educated, but I want to throw in there that 
Number one, I had six unmedicated deliveries without a doula. However, I'm a very strong-willed stoic person. And I realized, like, you know that I've been at, like, the talk of writing an unmedicated birth guide or book. And I've realized that there's something, when you go unmedicated, you have to have that stoic, like, I'm married to this decision. This is what I'm doing. You can't really come into it wishy-washy. However, I also, my partner at the time was not a very um, comforting person. So mm -hmm. I didn't have that. So I always had one of my friends who, whatever at that time, you know, because I've had some of my kids are very far apart in age. So friend circle changed. But I had like a really close friend who was there and their only job was to comfort me. And I think the important thing to note when it's your partner that is your only birth coach, because we get asked this, why do I need, if I'm taking uh, Labor Nurse Mama's birth classes or my partner is going to be educated in being there, why would I need a doula? And what we recommend is if you can afford a doula, because it's an investment and we 100% believe in investing in your birth around here because birth trauma is no joke. And that can affect everything for a long time. So if we can avoid it at all possible, for sure. So we do recommend you invest in a birth class. Do not wing your birth. But at the same time, your doula is there to help you both, not just mama. Wouldn't you agree? So how would you say that you help the partner as well? So I often feel like I'm hired for the partner more than I am the birthing person because I often get people come to me and they're like, my husband, there's like, he's going to lose his bananas in the birth room. Like I need, he needs help. So, and that's what I'm there for. I'm, if you have a birth partner that wants to be super hands-on, I don't want to be hands-on then. I want them to do that. They have the connection with you. They can increase your oxytocin the most, not me. So I'm there to guide them, guide you. And I say when I have a birth where I spend the majority of the time observing and stepping back, I'm proud of them in that case because that means that they're well-educated, they've got this, but they have that backup support. I always say to my clients that I'm the calm in the room because at any point in any birth, there's usually a holy crap moment of whether it's the birthing person or the partner being like, okay, this is real. Stuff's happening. And in that moment, I'm the calm. I don't have those moments in the birth room, right? Like I've seen it before. I've gone through this. I'm well-educated. I'm experienced. I don't have the moments of being like panicky. So I'm that calm. So even when you're well-educated, your partner wants to be hands-on. If they have a moment, maybe something comes up. Maybe the baby's heart rate is dropping and or maybe they're not expecting to react a certain way to seeing you in pain. I can step in at that moment and I don't have that emotional reaction the way that they are having mm -hmm. it. So I am there for the partner just as much as I am there for the birthing person because I want them to feel confident in supporting you because they, I can't offer that connection that they have with you. I can't replace that. I want them to kiss your forehead. I want them to kiss your cheeks. I want them to do that. I'm not going to do that to my oh, clients. You, mean, you don't kiss your clients? I mean, 
<laughs> Definitely not in COVID. You probably would got... get, you probably would not get many more if that got out there. No, no, definitely not. That but Dula like I... Taylor, she kisses you. <laughs> in the local mom's group when people are asking for recommendations of doulas. Well, if you like getting kissed, Taylor's your girl. <laughs> yeah, but like they can increase your oxytocin that way. Like I know how as well, but not on that level. So yeah. I don't want to replace them. That's the first thing too, is I get a lot of, uh, women who will reach out to me and say like, well, my husband doesn't understand like why I need, why I want to hire a doula. Like he thinks that like he can do it. He can support. And I'm like, absolutely. He can absolutely. Cause we're going to educate him and build his confidence up so that he can support you. But yeah. he may have a moment where he panics and that can change everything in the birth room as well. I'm not going to have that moment of panic. Well, I can tell you right now that the only people I've ever seen pass out during a delivery has been uh, a male one. <laughs> it's yep. always a man. It's never like the grandma or, well, actually, so I take that back. I didn't see it, but one time we had a patient, her grandmother, she didn't pass out. She had a heart attack. This is a terrible <gasps> story. Had a heart attack, oh went, to the, went to the ER. Then during the epidural, the father of the baby passed out and knocked his head and had to go to the ER for stitches. So her entire birth team went to the ER. Is that not oh crazy? Oh my gosh. That's another podcast. She anyway. She had a doula. Yeah. She, if she had had a doula, exactly. That's why I brought that up. If she had had a doula, yes. But the rest of yeah. us, all of us, we all flooded her room with support. Mm -hmm. So she had a lot of hands on deck. Wow. However, that... That was something that I wanted to bring up because we got asked that during the fearless birth experience this week about, well, if I take a birth class, do I really need a doula? And the other thing that people asked was, well, what if they're wanting to do something I don't want? Can my doula advocate for me? So what would you say about that? Yeah, so we do talk with your students a lot about this, about how to a certain extent either your labor nurse or your doula, when you get to the bedside, our hands are a little bit tied in the sense where for myself, I preach advocacy for my clients. I want them to know how to advocate for themselves, but I need to make it clear that it's not me and my voice being able to do that. I'm not able to turn to your care provider and make medical decisions for you. I'm not allowed to do that. So we just went over this in the fearless birth challenge of how, how does an doula advocate for their clients? And the best way that I do that, and I do this almost every single birth, is when something comes up that is not on my client's birth plan, because I know their birth plan in and out. I know what they want. I know their goals. When something comes up that's not on there, or I foreshadow that something will come up, because that's also the benefit of having a doula is I can see the patterns of care providers. I can see what's coming down the road before it's actually there. And if I see something like that, I can say something to my clients like, hey, do you guys want a minute by yourselves to think about this before you make your decision? That allows time for the birth, the birth team to leave the room for just to be my partner or my birthing person and the partner and myself to go over that decision. Mm -hmm. That way they can ask me all the questions and I can give them advice and I can guide them without having ears and eyes on me and the legal aspect of like what kind of medical advice or whatever it is that I'm saying. Um, and I can, 
they can have that chance to ask me that, make the decision, bring the birth team back in and proceed. And at that point, if my birthing person is not able to communicate, maybe she's in transition or active labor and she's not really wanting to communicate, I can help give the support person things that they can say to the medical team and make those decisions because they can speak up and they can say those things, but I can't. Yeah. I love that we're talking about advocating and having your team and knowing when to say time out, because that's something we teach our students in Calm Labor and the VBAC lab is that when a decision is presented that you need to say, hey, I mean, unless it's like life or death, you need to ask for some time to think. And that's what a lot of my students do. They they will. And then they can talk without that pressure. But as you were saying that you say to them, do you want to take time to think? I know I've, I've done this a long time. And I bet that sometimes that in itself probably ticks off the staff. But what I want Yeah. So what I want those of you who are listening to hear me is that the birth is about you and asking for time to make a decision is absolutely 100% reasonable. So if you hire a doula and you don't want to get that negativity with that type of scenario or what have you, then I would say even having your clients or the partner, you guys already having, like what I do with my own, because you know I go against the norm, I go against policy. So what I do with my my patients is we come up with a code word or what have you, right? So that would be my suggestion in place of you saying, um, just because I've done this for, you know, 16 years, I've been a labor nurse for 15, is that I personally would have that code word ready or already have your client and their partner. And I'm telling this to whoever's listening, whenever a decision is presented to you inside of your birth, your automatic response should be, can I take time to talk it out? And you want to get all the alternatives you want to hear, but then clear the room. Because it's very, I we know, right, Taylor, we know what our students say. They get very nervous. We are trained to be people pleasers. We don't want to offend. And a lot of times we think, oh, well, this is, they're going to take it personally. This is a job for them. So don't worry about that part. But ask for time and take a time out. Talk it over with your partner. Talk it over with your doula, your team, and then come to a decision that gives you peace now as long as you are educated. So if you have your doula in there and you didn't take a birth class, that that's better than nothing. But preferably, you've taken a birth class, you have a doula, you have an educated partner, and together as a team, you can decide what works best for me right now and is this intervention out of convenience or curiosity or is it necessity? And I think that's a really great place for us to end this because we literally got off on tangents, which I'm sure I we both knew would happen. What is one last thing you would say to someone who is on the fence. Do I want a doula? Do I not want a doula? Like, how would you suggest that they um, come to that decision, like really decide what it is they want? So I think a really interesting fact that kind of 
makes this decision or maybe makes you ponder it, 98% of my clients are second and third time parents because they've done it once without support. And the next time they don't want to do it without support. I have 98% of my clients are second and third time parents Mm -hmm. who realize the first time they went in there thinking whether they were uneducated or thinking we know enough or we're educated enough or having the mentality of like my care providers will do everything for me. The second time around and the third time around, they will do whatever it takes to hire a doula. Mm -hmm. I I see the same thing with the birth classes as well that, and if our VBAC students are our second and third and fourth, and I've had some that are on their fifth, if they could say one thing to a first time mom, it would be do not go into your birth thinking that other people will make the best decision for you because that is a huge mistake. Well, thank you so much, Taylor, for being here. Um, You guys, you can find Taylor inside of our community. She is our resident labor nurse mama doula, and she has some really cool, awesome things in the works for virtual options that I can't wait to hear more about. So thank you again, Taylor. Thank you so much for having me. Hey mama, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the birth experience with Labor Nurse Mama. I have been looking forward to having Taylor, our resident doula here at Labor Nurse Mama on the podcast so we could talk about some of the things that we talk about inside of our private community. That is one thing that sets us apart from other birth classes and student communities is that you have the connection and you have access to a labor nurse and to a doula, not to mention the thousands of mamas who have had their babies and have experience. So if you loved this episode as much as I loved recording it, make sure you hit subscribe and leave us a review. And as always, if you want to leave a review, giving us some ideas of what you want to hear in the future, do it. We love hearing from you guys. Next Friday at 7.30 a.m., we will release another episode of The Birth Experience with Labor Nurse Mama. Have an amazing week. We love you guys. See ya.